Carvel. Carvel! Akane Tendo Pigtailed Girl. Akane Tendo Pigtailed Girl. Akane Tendo Pig. Greetings, programs, and welcome to another episode of Fan Holes, Big in Japan. I'm Justin, and I'll be your host this evening. Joining me tonight are two of my fellow Fan Holes, though they may only be programmed to be my fellow Fan Holes. We'll never know. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up? I'm a proto-meat thing. My name is Derek. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm a normal meat thing, I guess. Yeah. On this episode, we will be discussing the anime series... SSSS Gridman. And whenever I say it like that, I feel like I'm saying bo 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 but whatever. Yeah. I mean you never know how you know Japanese stuff's wacky. I'm like, should I say SSSS? Should I say like 4S? I'm like, I I don't know. I'm just gonna say Gridman. But anyway, Gridman premiered October the seventh of 2018 and ran for twelve episodes. It is a sequel, though some sources debate this, and maybe we can discuss this fact later, to the live-action Tokusatsu series, Dinkochojin Gridman, which we discussed a while back. I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the discussion here, and Mike, I'm going to go to you first, because this is kind of your baby. Uh, you were the brains behind our first Gridman Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad discussion, and I know you were watching this week to week. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on SSSS Gridman? I rather like this series. Like, like I feel like I feel like I, I call this series like cotton candy or something. Like, it's it's so like. There's so many like there's so many layers to it that I like like that it, like it's oh, like overly like overloaded for me like I guess like it's I don't know how else to describe it it's like mecha candy like the mecha designs are awesome like the the kaiju designs are awesome I mean like you know the animation's great like the character models are great like I, I don't know like I just I I completely like it I think Watching it the second time, I caught like it's actually like it does things that have been done in other anime, but I feel like it does them like better. It's like a happy, friendlier, more positive Evangelion almost. Like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, and th- th- like there's a lot of like elements of other things. Like, like I kind of like felt there was some influence from like Big O in it, and mm-hmm. like yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was a whole mix of things, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I like watching it a second time. I got a lot like out of it, I guess. Like I, I was kind of like the thing things I missed the first time I watched. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, OK, that makes more sense. And I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it. But like I have a very like positive like feeling towards this show. And what about you, Derek? I was I was watching this in Japanese subtitled week to week. I think up until I I knew we were going to discuss it, and then I kind of put it on the back burner, thinking I'd, I'd come back to it when we when we were finally going to discuss it, which turned out to be a little while. But I think that worked out for my best interest because I got to watch I when I rewatched this and then watched the four episodes I hadn't seen. I watched the dub, which I thought was fun. I I enjoy checking that out and everything. And as far as sort of an overview of what I thought of it. I, I had fun watching it. I, I enjoyed watching it. I don't I don't feel like I have the same level of I, I don't even know if nostalgia is the right word, but but I don't have you know, I, I know of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, like I, I and I know of Gridman and we've watched it, but I don't I don't feel like it's in my blood or in my bones or whatever it's like it was fun i watched it like did i did i watch every single episode of Gridman 
subtitled from the original Japanese? No. Have I seen every single episode of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad? Like, no. Can I answer with authority whether or not this is a good, quote-unquote, sequel to the original? No. Having said all that, I think I agree with everything Mike's compared this to. This is like... This is like a meat-and-potatoes version of Neo Genesis Evangelion and with some of the mysterious aspects of Big O. I also think some of the character archetypes or character interactions, uh, some of the, shall we say, you know, I don't know, like, like Owen Meany or My Name is Garp weirdness that goes on between all the kids in this, it reminds me of fully cooly a lot like just just it, it's it's like it, it's like if if a regular anime is is a pb and j right and or 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 anime is like different sandwiches right and the basis of it is you've got your your wonder white wheat bread or whatever it is right so you've got your bread right but i feel like this has like you know, a little bit of marmalade that's Evangelion. Not too much that it makes it taste funny and sloppy and weird, but just a little marmalade of Evangelion. A little marmalade of Fooly Cooly and, and, and maybe a, a good, healthy, peanut buttery dose of Big O, you know, and, and, and Mecca and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, a, a lot of the comparisons to, like, mecha anime that i've never even seen before you know so like this and this this may get touchy the way i phrase this but i mean i i do kind of think without it being this is figurative people it's not literal but i mean i i do kind of think of this as like this is like a kill bill for anime and like it's it's anime porn but not literal porn with tentacles and all that other shit i just mean like figuratively like it's it's got the the what the the high school of the dead fan service. It's got the 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 big epic mecha battles. It's got you know the young school kids doing the daily school routine and 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 having fun and trying to figure stuff out. But then it's also kind of got the dark turns where people die and get killed and you're trying to figure out what's going on because there's kind of like this underlining big O mystery of like they're in a city but are they in the city and where are they and all this other kind of stuff and on top of that apparently the guys behind this are fans of every fucking thing because there's all kinds of little I, I don't know that you know I'm, I'm gonna call them they're like homages or easter eggs or whatever like if you're if you're paying attention to stuff you can kind of go oh check that out this is kind of neat and if you don't notice it you know, I, I think it's a good example of an Easter egg, because if, if you didn't pick up on whatever these, like, Transformer references are, or references to, like I said, the aforementioned mecha anime that I've never seen before, like, if you don't pick up on it, then you don't lose anything from the narrative of the story, but if you do, and you're a fan of that, you kind of go, oh, I see what he did there, that's, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, as far as that aspect goes, like, that's, that's kind of fun, and, and I can appreciate the the level of effort that went into it, even if I don't recognize every single Easter egg that is in this show. And then as far as just, you know, having an anime version of Gridman, I mean, I, I think it's pretty cool. Like, they, they, they pretty seamlessly made something that fits with the narrative of the previous show, I think, but also kind of has its own anime identity as well. So... You know, I mean, for, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I, I, I don't know that I, I... I think the episodes I rewatched, I wasn't as keen to rewatch them. But but w once I watched those last four episodes that I had never seen before, I got back into it again because it was something, you know, I quote-unquote hadn't seen before. And I think when I was originally watching it week to week, like, I was getting into the the mystery aspect and trying to figure out what was going on and even even the weird Owen Meany titillation stuff that's kind of weird but kind of not like you know you're just kind of like okay this is like watching you know I don't know 90210 or, or whatever it is you know there's there's that weird kind of teeny bopper drama thing laced with like you know this kind of you know tokusatsu anime you know mecha kind of stuff as well so you know, for the most part, I think it's it's fairly enjoyable. 
So, Mike, when you were watching this week to week, one of the things you mentioned to us was all the Transformers Easter eggs. So when I sat down to watch this, I kind of had that in the back of my head. And some of the ones I noticed right off the bat were Utah had cliff jumper horns in his hair. When we first see Gridman, like he had shattered glass colors. Uh, there's a chick in high school who had a cyber planet key as a hair clip. And then the last one I noticed was the pass holder that Rika bought had the matrix on it. And I, I know that later on you sent us a YouTube video that had like a whole bunch more that completely went over my head. So if you want to talk about Transformers <laughs> Easter eggs, now is your time, man. <laughs> Basically in this show, if you have a distinct character model and a color scheme that it's been taken from a Transformer, basically, like it's all over this show. Like someone like the, the character d- designer had like a hard on for like Transformers, like shattered glass, especially because like all the the main kids are basically have shattered glass colors color schemes yeah like every like named character has like a uh, uh some kind of transformers homage like worked into their design like i love my favorite thing is the girl tonkawa who dies like in the first episode like she's a homage to psykill like the gobot and like you, her name is tonka like get it and it, and she's the only gobot reference in this show and she dies in the first episode so like <laughs> you know I, you know one of the things that bugged me was like i kept looking at Utah's shoes i'm like i know i've seen that scheme on something else before so when you showed us that video and it it showed the you know the actual like easter egg for that i'm like oh okay like i know I feel so much better now. I know what that is. I know I'm not crazy. Yeah, it, it's real, like really deep cuts. Like yeah. you know, like Rika's mom has like a single earring, and it matches like Rewind's head camera from like More Than Meets the Eye. You think you think about it, and she runs like a junk shop where she, you know, you, she collects like old stuff with like and rewind is an archivist so you're like oh wow that's like a really like deep cut but and then like the four assist weapon kids or whatever like they're all based on like the age of extinction dinobots and like yeah this like i you really gotta look it up because you'd be like if you if you haven't seen this show or if you didn't notice this at all like i said like every character basically has some kind of really deep cut transformers reference worked into them and uh like i love that um you know that that boy like sort of band or boy group of podcasters or whatever each of them has like the color scheme of a different jet fire from the franchise yeah so like yeah this this uh, like i said every single character basically like a main character at least has is somehow influenced by transformers did you catch any of those easter eggs when you were watching derek no i didn't i didn't catch shit i, <laughs> I didn't i didn't catch shit I, I, mike was kind enough to send us a video and and actually i didn't listen to his int- well it, what's funny is i i watched those eight episodes like i said subtitled in in uh, you know, English when I was watching the original Japanese language version and, and I didn't catch any of that the first time around. I think the then Mike had sent us a video that kind of illustrated some of the links and everything, but he actually said, oh, save this till you finish watching it. And I was sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I, I started watching the dub and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just watch this now because I bet you all miss all of it anyway because I, I never catched any of it the first time around. So I watched the video, and even now, I mean, I, 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 some of those cuts are so deep because a lot of it is shattered glass type stuff. It's like the, the stuff that immediately comes to mind is like, oh, okay, well, I like Rodimus, so it's like, oh, you know, it's like, okay, Auntie has shattered glass Rodimus colors, you know, like that kind of thing. Or, or I guess now the thing that I can't unsee, even though I never saw it in the first place, is the, the little phone jewel case that has like the gold little matrix clap on it or whatever like now every time i see that i can't help but think of the matrix but i think when i first watched this i didn't i was just like that's just a gold fucking clap dude like what are you talking about like like i feel like i have a weird adverse reaction to it i think the the one i have the most adverse reaction to is the one that mike just mentioned where i'm like 
Shut the fuck up. That's rewind reference. Like how? It's an earring. Like I don't. I don't get it. Like like so, some stuff like like weirds me out, and other stuff feels like they have. It, it, it's like it's like if somebody had a Autobot symbol tattoo in a Fast and the Furious movie. You know, except for in this case, it's like oh, you know, some of the girls have like little, you know, psychill emblems on their jumpers or, or whatever it is you know like stuff like that and it's like until somebody pointed that out to me i i would have never thought to look for it so i mean the, the answer to your question is i didn't see any of that shit when i first watched it so <laughs> and I, even I like like nothing I, like i said that girl's name is tonkawa and then there's another girl in her class named toyko uh, and then uh, like the, the, okay yeah the the girl you have an avatar uh, uh, of is haas hasbro yeah. Uh, and uh, and there's another girl in the class named Takara. So, it, like, all, I think all the girls in the class except for Rika and Akane have like the names of like toy companies. I see. I see. Interesting. Interesting. So since we talked about uh, Transformers Easter eggs, I want to talk about some Ultraman or Ultra okay. series Easter eggs. So uh, most of the uh, kaiju you see in Akane's room, like. Most of those are ultra monsters. Like I noticed, uh, you know, King Joe, Gomera, uh, Zetan, and a, a whole bunch of others. And then in a couple episodes, you see Black King's head on the top of a cabinet. I guess that's like a, I don't know, some kind of cosplay mask or something. And then um, there, I had to look this up, but two of the monsters are from the original, you know, live action grid, man. You know, the. One of the monsters you see, it's like always kind of in the background and it has that gas coming out of it that keeps everyone asleep or whatever. Like that's uh, Verona. It shows up in episodes 25 and 26 of Gridman. And then this I had to look up because I wasn't sure about. But like, you know, that kaiju girl who clues in you to oh, like, yeah. hey, dude, like this whole place is under Akane's thumb. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing beyond the gas. Like, so she's like a. I guess like a reincarnation or repurpose of uh, this kind of like weird turtle-looking monster called Anosilis, and that's also from the uh, original live-action Gridman. But, like that, I thought, is that almost like I mean, not not in a you know trying to sexify them or anything like that, but is that almost like you know how they do the Bishojo stuff where it's like a horror icon, so it's like the, uh-huh. the sexy Freddy, but is, is that almost like? In the same theme, like, they took that turtle monster and then made it kind of like a cutesy anime girl version of the turtle monster? You know, I... Yeah, kind of. You know what I was thinking of? You know, I ranted about this once a long time ago. You know that artwork where you take, like, a Gundam and you put it on, like, a cute anime chick? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like that's what I was thinking of. It's like, look, it's the double, double Zeta on some sexy girl. I'm like, I don't why like you want to <laughs> right right well, i don't i don't want to bang like the you know wing zero or whatever <laughs> like, that's weird that, that monster she is like like that kaiju she is i guess like the offspring of or whatever is one that like gridman like actually spared like in the original series which is why she says like oh me and my family owe gridman like a debt because, like, that's one of the kaiju he didn't, like, destroy, like, in the original series. And, like, I, 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 like, I even remember that episode of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Because they kind of made it that, like, Sydney, like, the girl made her own, like, kaiju or monster with a digital monster with Kilocon. And then, like, you know, uh, like, Sir, it kind of made friends with Servo, but then Kilo Khan corrupted it, and Servo had to, like, blow it up or whatever. But I guess, like, in Gridman, like, Gridman just spared it, and it, like, got to live or whatever. And I guess the little girl is its offspring. Like, I, I don't know how that works, but, you know, whatever. And then this isn't really an Easter egg. It's just something I really appreciated. But the monster in Episode 1, like, whenever it would move, I was like... This is pretty neat because it feels like a real suit monster. Like, it was really stiff, and, you know, it had that big neck sticking out from its chest, and it, like, it didn't move or anything. It wasn't articulated, and I was like, oh, that's kind of neat because, you know, if it was a real suit monster, you probably wouldn't get any movement out of that. But I just kind of, I mean, most of the other monsters uh, after that were, you know, pretty uh, expressive and 
animated, uh, you know, dare I say, but I kind of appreciated how that that first monster like they, was kind of stiff, stiff moving. They they did make a conscious effort when like it was the CGI like Gridman to make him move like limited by like you know tokusatsu like sort of physics or whatever like where you know like he could only do like kind of wire jumps and whatever like and it's only when like he's in like like cell animation that he does anything like you know wacky anime crazy basically and then i guess the like this one got a big kind of like reaction out of me but like in the last episode when gridman gets his original form and the like old theme song hit like dude like i got goosebumps i was like dude this is cool as shit that was super cool yeah yep and I mean, like, I, I've only seen a handful of episodes of the original Gridman, but I mean, when we talked about it, like, we were all, like, kind of, we were all kind of grooving on that song. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, when that started up, we're like, yeah, like, you know, let, yeah. the, like, the nostalgia hook totally worked on me, even though it, I didn't, like, maybe I don't, I haven't earned it almost. Yeah, but. yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, I, I'm, I've been pretty upfront, like, like, I, I don't know that I can legitimately call myself a fan of this property. I've had, I've had moderate to light exposure to it but the moderate to light exposure to it that i had was enough that i dug the theme song and when the theme song played at the end i, I was with you guys there where i was like did you, oh, did you guys did you guys awesome. clap did you guys clap when I, you heard baby I, dan, dan i i clapped when i heard baby dan dan you know what you know what else i clapped at i don't know if we've uh, clarified this for you guys or not but did did either of you guys watch the dub at all or did you watch this all in japanese Oh, I watched all of Japanese. So I, you, both, I've, I've seen both of them. Oh, okay. Then you may or may not be able to answer this for me. But so since I only watched the last four episodes dubbed, like I think my favorite bit was when Alexis is talking to Rika, and and he, I think he makes um, Akane a kaiju, you know, towards the end or whatever, and so they have this exchange and they're talking about how, you know, basically she's the God and she's made all these friends and you, you know, you guys are not real. Like you were tailor made for her and all this other stuff. But he has this line where that, that's what I was talking about in the beginning. Cause he's like, basically like, Oh, you're just a bunch of, you know, fake meat things, you know, you're not real or whatever. And I was like, Oh, that's sweet that he actually, you know, used the whole Tim Curry meat thing phrase. But I don't know if that was something that was, dub added or or if it was actually mentioned in the the uh, Japanese language I do not believe it was like Funimation kind of added a few things to this dub just to you know make the you know superhuman samurai cyber squad homages a little sharper mm. like that was probably one of them like the very fact that Alexis Carib talks like you know he has that kind of Tim Curry like yeah. you know yeah. exaggerated like you know whatever it is <laughs> like but um also um the the four assist weapons they call them the neon genesis high school students or yeah, whatever yeah. which is which is actually like i guess I, I looked into this and it's like the japanese like the kanji is like the same like for those words but like they kind of fudged it so it was like an evangelion reference basically so like it's not it wasn't exact in Japan, but, like, it was close enough that Funimation could, like, fudge it and say that it was. Something that kind of amused me is, uh, you know, most uh, anime these days, there's a beach episode, but not Gridman. Gridman doesn't have a beach episode. It has a rafting episode, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I, I love, like, I love that episode for... The fact that they're like, like, how do we get like Yuda to be Gridman? And then like the the four like assist guys like they buy junk and they take the train out to like the the you know the rafting area to like get you to like to be Gridman. And then when they hook up the the junk like in the train station, like Gridman's like looking around like in cyberspace, like where am I? Like <laughs> like that made me crack up. And also like also it's like when Yuta's like running through the forest and he trips and falls and like. You'd think that, like, what's his name, Max, like, the leader of the assist guys, like, can sense that or whatever. But instead, like, they've just fallen asleep on the train, and they're like, we missed our stop! Like, crap! (laughs) (laughs) So, I want to talk about uh, Akane for a minute. Yeah. So, I think I was... I'm not going to say I was on board with her, because, you know, she kind of is responsible for sending these kaiju out and destroying the city and... 
you know, killing people and resetting everything and all that stuff. But I kind of, I felt like I understand where she was coming from. Like she, she seemed to be a pretty popular kid, but she didn't really have any friends. And then she would just go home and, you know, she was kind of obsessed with Kaiju and she would just stay in a room and hang out on her computer and talk to Alexis, who was just, you know, some dude on her computer, you know, for several episodes. I was like, oh, he's just in the computer. But I was like, OK, I kind of get Akane. I think I get where she's coming from. So, you know, whenever there were like uh, episodes dealing with her specifically, like I was, you know, we had my attention. And then, you know, <laughs> there was uh, some cheesecake shots and stuff and i was like mm, okay pervert he's a pervert what are you talking about pervert like you know she had my sympathies until like episode 10 when she stabbed Yuta, and i was like all right girl you've gone too far i can't defend you anymore like you're in crazy town <laughs> so like how did you guys feel about I that character I, I can see that, but I also like I, I also like have an explanation for that where you can still kind of keep your sympathy for her almost. Like, do you like cry when you delete a character you created in a video game? No. Cause that's I think that's the logic she's operating by, okay. basically, for the well, entire like, series. Like they're they're junk data. Like that's why she can just kill them and not even like care about it, basically. Well, one reason I wasn't too concerned about people getting killed was uh, my theory was, okay, they're not in the real world. They must be – they're in some kind of – some section of the hyper world or some offshoot of the hyper world because, like, in the real world, like, you know, if something gets destroyed, like, it's not fixed the next day. and You, you can't manipulate people's memories. So I wasn't too concerned about her, you know, I guess killing people because I just thought maybe – those people were data anyway. Like I kind of thought Utah and his group, like they were the only like real people, I guess. But then like when she, when she just stabbed Utah and he was bleeding, I was like, okay, I, she's completely bonkers now. I don't, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. I mean, I, it's... I, I can see the, the logic in that. Like if you're God and you created these people, to be your companions and and you're making like a perfect world like you know what i thought of it as you know the episode where she spends time with the three of them and she's hanging out with she's hanging out with um yuta and show and rika and and they cut back and forth between it and i i took that as like that was like her giving them all a black mercy thing like, they were all doing the for the man who has everything treatment. And mm. it was like, oh, what what would be ideal for her with Utah? Oh, well, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And everything's going to be happy, you know, hunky-dory. And what's going on with her and Rika? Well, they're going to be, like, sort of girlfriend and girlfriend and, and, and whatever. And, and go off and be happy and everything. And what's going to happen with her and show? Well, you know, she's going to be like show's freaking mandarake buddy or they call it something <laughs> different i forget what they called it but like yeah you know it's like they go around and it's like i mean what's funny about the initial interaction is you talk about all the ultraman references it's like he he practically creams his pants because you've got this girl who's cute that he kind of likes but then she passes his test like you talk about like and and see this is the thing that that i find interesting because it does deal with things that are conceivably in the modern cultural landscape considered skeevy and or um i don't know what the word i'm looking for is maybe not uh, looked at as inappropriate in a given context like like basically you know it, it's this whole debate of are you a fan because fan means fanatic or is it are, can anybody be a fan like everybody's welcome they can all be fans right well if you're a girl and you're pretty and you're like i like kaiju but then you don't know any kaiju's name then you're just a fucking thought like you're just trying to be like look i i like stuff i dressed up as pikachu and i'm hot and i like kaiju 
You know, and it's like, do you like kaiju? Like, well, what's your favorite kaiju? And if you can name somebody, that's that's a test. And to most people, they're like, oh, well, you're gatekeeping. You're 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 doing a gatekeep thing. And it's like, show has that moment where he's kind of like, oh, well, what's this kaiju's name and what's that kaiju's name? And then they're both trying to think of kaiju's names and can't think of it. And if it was me, I'd fail all those fucking tests because I can't remember all the goddamn fucking monsters and mobile suit names and all this other stuff. I like this shit, but I don't have it all fucking committed to memory or whatever. I'm like, oh, Red King. I like Red King. Red King. You know, like, that's probably all I can fucking remember, right? But the, the point is... There's something more, this is going to sound weird, but there's something way more sexy about a cute girl that also knows who the fuck Ella King is. It's just, it's more hot. Like, and that was the whole thing about show and this weird Owen Meany kind of coming of age, fooly cooly thing or whatever, where it's like, and, and the, the funny thing about it is, even if you remove, it's like, it's like, whose paradise is it? Is it their paradise, or is it her paradise? And if it's her paradise, why do things keep fucking up her paradise? You know, like, that. those are the kind of things that I wonder about, where it's like, why, like, like, it, I have these Captain Kirk moments where I'm like, well, aren't you God? Like, like, why, why, why did the teacher bump into you if you created that teacher? Like, wh why did the girl like, fuck up the food that you were giving to the boy you liked and stepped on it with the soccer ball or whatever, if you, you know, and they try to explain it and go, do you remember all the junk you discard? Like, like as in, as in Mike's example, do you remember all the video game characters you create? Like, you didn't realize the AI in the computer was going to toss that soccer ball into your date lunch or whatever, right? And you're like, fuck you, AI, I hate you. Now I'm going to delete you. And that's, that's the rationalization, right? But there's that weird aspect to it where you're kind of like do you judge her like dr frou-frou from fucking picard like and say you're a murderer you've you've killed these people or like like i, I guess the weird thing is and the question i'll pose to you guys because i'm not sure what your answer is going to be is are you happy with how she ended like like do you forgive her like, like everybody seems to by the end of it, at least from my perspective, like, like, is, is everything hunky-dory with you by the end of it? Or do you feel like there was enough weird stuff that, like, if she's a god and she goes back to her own little god people, that you hope she gets some god counseling from wherever she's going back to? Or, or do you think, like, okay, she's fine now, like, she learned her lesson, she's good? Well, when she stabbed Utah, like, no one did anything. Everyone was just standing around, and then she threw, you know, junk onto the ground and broke it. And everyone just stood there. And I was like, "Why isn't anyone like holding her, or like, why doesn't someone punch her or, or do something?" They just let her walk away, and I couldn't like fathom that. I guess, I guess everyone was just in shock. I mean, I probably would be too if I was in their place. But I was just like, he he got stabbed, and they just let her walk out Maybe. the door. Well, maybe they just didn't think they could. But th the other part of it is her house is right next to that shop. Like, do, do you remember in like the first, like when her and uh, Rika are riding the bus and she says, I don't know why we don't talk more. Like our houses are right next to each other. Yeah. So like her, like maybe they just like the literally the next episode, they just walk across the street to confront her or whatever. So maybe they just thought, oh, we can, you know handle that like once we you know stabilize our friend we can go handle this like later or whatever but maybe it was just because they thought well if they think she's god maybe they think they can't do anything to her well there's there's also that weird aspect of since she is god basically as was stated she is a popular kid but a lot of that is inbred into the the architecture of this virtual environment so it's like it's like some of that is kind of semi-artificial but the underlining the underlining tone is like she's still popular even though she stabbed utah like like well uh, like i can like since i've like i've watched this like twice now and like i i, I like this time i kind of picked up on a lot of things i missed the first time and like, okay, I, I've got a lot of, like, hypothetical questions for you guys. So, like, and maybe you'll think about things in a different way after I ask them. But suppose you made an imaginary friend 
and then that imaginary friend decided they didn't want to hang out with you like how would you take like what would that do to your self-worth because that's basically what i feel like akane like sees when like you know all three of them like reject her like in those like like you know dream visions she gives them basically and that's like that's kind of what starts her spiral into like you know what he calls because you this is someone you made to love you when they reject you basically yeah but but okay that like i i get that but y- you know what w- why i think okay it's it's like when you see some like a real person you see on like facebook or whatever right a real person who's fucking crazy um they're crazy like like i i don't know how to put it any more succinctly than that like she created th- she didn't just create one imaginary friend to love her. It's not like, I'm lonely, I need a soulmate, I created one imaginary friend, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with Paddington Bear or Winnie the fucking Pooh or whatever, right? No, no, no. She doesn't want to just fuck Winnie the Pooh. She wants to fuck Tigger and fuck Piglet and fuck Eeyore <laughs> and like, I'm like, come on, man, how much fucking self-worth do you fucking need? Come on. Like, dude, it's like, there's, there's something to me where, where there, there's this, that sense of entitlement. It's like, come on, you don't, you don't need all the fucking Winnie the Pooh characters. You just need, you just need the one, right? Like you can't, you can't be like, give me, give me all the characters and I get to do whatever I want with them. I mean, like that's, I don't know, something about that just, it it screams off to me. Well, here's. Here's 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 another thing I picked up on, on in the last episode, and it's very it's kind of subtle. Like it's only they give it like a couple a very quick scene, and then it kind of clicked a few pieces into place for me. But like the very last scene of the series is Akane, the real Akane, waking up in her bed, and like she lo- her, her real self looks like Rika. So yeah, like Rika, so. do you like? I feel like she created Rika to be like a reflection of herself kind of like, and okay. And here, here's the, like, here's something I picked up on. Like, I think it's show and Rika are speculating on why Gridman chose Yuta to like inhabit. And like, there's a quick scene of like the classroom and like everyone's clustered around Akane's desk, like, you know, adoring her or whatever, except Yuta and Yuta is looking at Rika so I'm like my speculation is she created Utah to be her like boyfriend or whatever, which is why they sit next to each other in class. But Utah like fell in love with the real like version of her instead of her. So like I, I feel like that's what it's getting at. And like Gridman like chose Utah because he was the one who saw like the real Akane. Mm. And again, that kind of goes back to crazy because what why like okay you 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 made you have such a low self-worth that you make an avatar like in ready player one that's super awesome has purple hair knows all about kaiju is super popular in school and all this other stuff but then you also make the original version of yourself to give yourself a high five and self-approval and then you're pissed that somebody likes the real you? Self high five. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's that's why she misses. Like, it, it's like, it's her, her. She's not. See, that's the thing. She's not a god. Like, she, I think she's just a normal girl who, like, somehow, you know, created. I don't, I don't know what the technology of that world is, but somehow she created this really complex simulation well, I mean, maybe, you know, Alexis Carib helped her create this entire world, it seems like. It seems like he's supposed to be, like, sort of a, like, you know, a metaphor for, like, an online, like, predator or something. Because yeah. he's he's grooming her to, like, do all these things and, like, you know, mm-hmm. using her talents. Like, I think she, like, her real self, she really does like, like, kaiju and all that. And, you know, that's maybe why, like, you know, she's... Uh, she created like you know show or utsumi or you know whatever because he's someone she could like you know someone who would be into the same things she would be into so like i like i i I see what you're saying derek i I think it like connects like i I don't think she has to be crazy for it to like connect but like she still obviously takes the wrong like lesson from all of it 
Like she she only takes the right lesson from it, like at the end where she w- decides to wake up and like live in reality or whatever. Derek, if you ever finish your sexy Ella King cosplay, I'll give you my five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) But what was I going to say? And see, that's like once I like latched on to this, like Rika is the real Akane like theory. Like all these things started like clicking for me where I'm like, well, yeah, her her house is a junk store that's right next to Akane's, like, mansion or whatever. And, you know, Akane was like, do you remember everything you throw out? Like, and that's why she doesn't, maybe she doesn't even realize that Rika is, like, her true self. Mm. Show kind of reminded me of, like, Xander from Buffy. I don't know if you guys got that. Vibe. Yeah, he was, like, the, the, the Zeppo or whatever. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, even he gets, like, some self-worth in the end where he's kind of like... there. I think someone says to him, look, we wouldn't have come together if not for you, so, you know, you do stuff too, dude. So then, if if that's... I mean, I, I find all this interesting and fascinating. Like, I like I like the, the theory, the direction, your interpretation of it. How does, I guess, and this... I, I, don't let me move us away from that if you want to keep talking about it, but how how does anti fit into that? theory then like what what is anti why do we need like a a super badass like kaiju turned grid man like i was trying to rack my brain and maybe justin can help me but i'm like i'm like is there anything like that in the history of ultraman like somebody that was a kaiju that somehow turns into an ultraman Uh... I know what how he links to like Gridman lore, but yeah, Justin, go ahead. I don't know if there's anything in larger like Ultraman lore. I no, I can't think of any. I can't think of any monster that becomes an Ultra. I mean, yeah. there there are there are Ultras who use monster powers, but yeah. not yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I thought Anti was a really interesting character. Like at first, I thought he was just going to be like one note. You know, one characterization, kind of a throwaway character, but he 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 became pretty interesting. And then, like there at the end, like I was rooting for him, especially when Alexis took his eye. I was like, man, I feel sorry for this guy. He he seems like he it seems like he's trying really hard to go against his original programming from Akane or whatever. You know, we were talking about uh, Akane said, you know, do you remember everything that you throw out? Well, Anti is that like. Anti is something that she made for one purpose, destroy Gridman. He failed multiple times, and then she had no use for him. I mean, she keeps, she treats him with complete contempt. She's just smacking him in the face with her phone and, you know, just treats him like crap. But he, you know, he is uh, showing some kindness from Rika and some other characters. And he, I don't know, I like, I was rooting for him. And then when he became Grid Knight, I was like, oh, that's so cool. But yeah, like I, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any Ultraman connection there. So that that's interesting. That well, you as far that, that it's interesting that you brought that up because, like, then going back to Mike's theory, if Rika is the real version of Akane, then she's nice to something her, I don't know, thoughty self discarded. Like, like, is that, mm. is that, is that interesting? Like, like, cause, cause yeah. the, the, it's like, that's the most purest form of herself. Like she would have been nice to that thing that she created, but now the, the, the image that she created for herself is just so, uh, above it all. Like so haughty, like she's, she's embarrassed and disgusted that she would have even, liked something like that i mean i don't know anyway but again crazy but yeah no mike tell us tell us what the the grid man connection is well like auntie's first kaiju form is basically like a an homage to shinobular or uh scorn which is like that episode we watched like the ninja kaiju or oh, whatever you know like you know i thought i thought maybe he was like a, a gigan like reference because he looked kind of like Gigan a little bit in design, but yeah, that, yeah. that was just my thought. Yeah, but I don't know about that, but I know he's a direct visual homage to, like, that the ninja kaiju that Gridman fought in that one episode we watched, like, you know, last okay. that last episode. And that, I think I remember telling you guys, that was the only, like, digital monster or kaiju that could talk. 
And like in this, they say like, oh, like Alexis Carib says, oh, like this is an auto intelligence kaiju. So like you gave it intelligence. So that's kind of, you know, Shinobular slash Scorn slash Anti is the only kaiju like who, who like, you know, developed like or or was given intelligence like to begin with, basically. So that's basically like what his original kaiju form is like, you know, a reference or a homage, an homage to him becoming Grid Knight, I think, is an homage to the fact that I think I also told you guys this, that they were going to make malcolm frank the new like servo like if that it's superhuman samurai cyber squad like kept going so like he like he become like the bad guy becomes the new like sort of hero type thing so and i think like i read somewhere that like like canceled plans for another Gridman series we're gonna like go in that direction where like remember the the kid from the the Gridman show like what was his name uh takeshi like you know the the butthurt kid like mm-hmm. who yeah, like he was going to be like an ally to Gridman or something. So I think that's an homage to that. When uh, Caliber showed up, I thought he was that kid, like the the kid who was sending the kaiju against him. I was like, is this that kid? Like he's all reformed and now he's like supposed to like help Gridman. But that that turned out to be a wrong theory. So nah, yeah. just, just uh, because I, I think there's a reason why this was in there and it, it's not quite the same arc i guess but there when when he's giving her the what when show is doing the nasty gatekeeping and asking akane all these kaiju questions they're they're looking at a i think some kind of manga or magazine that has like ultra stuff in it like kaiju stuff in it and one of the characters on it to me looks a lot like uh ultraman hikari or hunter knight sarugi um and, like, Hikari was supposed to be, like, you know, a, a, an Ultraman character, but then he becomes, like, this Hunter Knight. And, like, he was almost like... It was like if, if Ultraman Mobius was Ghost Rider, Hunter Knight Sarugi was, like, Vengeance or something. You know, like, yeah. he was, like, this kind of angry, you know, anti-Ultraman or whatever that, that kind of... And at some point, eventually, you know, yeah, they do finally sort of join forces and, and, and team up and all that kind of stuff. But for, for when he first shows up on the scene, it's almost like he's he's a nemesis before they fight side by side. And I, I, I was just kind of holding off on that, not because I, I don't think it's exactly the same, but, but I, I think as far as in the Ultraman lore and, and just the fact that they had that explicit reference, like that that's literally like what's on that manga with the the kaiju and everything that mm-hmm. that I think that's also probably a nod to Ultraman Hikari um, that that Anti is a nod to Ultraman Hikari. Yeah, I could see that totally. Do you? What do you guys like? I love the four assist like weapon guys. Like I think they're great. Like I like they're probably my like I especially Caliber. Like Caliber is definitely probably my favorite character yeah. in the show. Like he's I just you know the way he just kind of walks around like all gloomy. He like stutters when he talks. Like he's got those giant like samurai swords on his back. And I love in the first episode where he keeps trying to walk through the door. Yeah. <laughs> and like they keep catching on the door and he keeps falling over. Like the um, like that but I, I I don't know if like Justin I don't know if you even caught like the visual like reference but like I figured you might like Max just because he's a he's a Grimlock like he's a reference to a Grimlock even if it's like you know crappy Age of Extinction Grimlock but, but before I, before you move on to Max all all, all I was gonna say is um, that um, Caliber uh, actually reminds me a lot of uh, Urahara from Bleach. Like I don't know if if anybody sees that, but just you know they 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 both kind of have the gloomy eyes and and I don't know I don't know they just they they, they kind of you know they look they they have a lot of experience but but for some reason they look a little disheveled and dirty you know you know I actually don't mind Bayformer's Grimlock the only thing I hate is like it started this trend of like everyone writing Grimlock and I hate that that's just a pet peeve of mine <laughs> but um. You know what I thought? Like, Boar kept kicking show, and I thought, oh, like, she's so abrasive and 
you know, speaks their mind and everything. Like I thought maybe like they were going to hook up, but that never happened. I was kind of rooting for that. I think that, that was a, a, a like visual reference to shows like maturity or development in the last episode where she tried to kick him and he like dodged it. And mm-hmm. like, like that, that, that was his like little moment of development or whatever. But uh, I like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vit is the fourth guy, the blue haired kid. Like, I love, like, he, he made me laugh, too, just because he's so lazy, like, where they're like, you know, Vit, it's like your turn to, like, help Gridman, and, like, he just stands there, like, silent, and then he's like, what? And he's like, you have to go fight. He was like, oh, really? Okay. But, like, the one, the thing that made me, like, laugh out loud, like, with him was when they were like, they all had to go somewhere and like, I forgot Rika's mom was like, oh yeah, I let Vit run the store or whatever. And then like it cuts to the store and the dude's like, we got the keyboard and he's like, hey, do you have any more keyboards in the back? And he's just ignoring him, looking at his phone. He's like, dude, do you have any keyboards in the back? And he was like, if we don't have it on the shelf, we don't have it. And like, I can totally relate to that. (laughs) Mike, why don't you just order some more keyboards? Gosh. (laughs) Why don't you just order more? Like, Just just order more. (laughs) Hey, since I'm never going to have a chance to discuss this ever again, uh, hashtag wheelie did it first. (laughs) Nani? Wheelie, Wheelie did what first, though? Road Grimlock. <laughs> Road Grim. That's true. Yeah, mm. that's true. <laughs> that's, why, that's, that's why. True. That's why I will continue to always espouse that Wheelie is super badass. That's Fuck true. all you Wheelie haters. Wheelie's the man. Optimus Prime only. Optimus Prime only dined to ride Grimlock after Wheelie. Did. After Wheelie yep. did it, motherfuckers. That's right. <laughs> There's some like like again like I like I said I've been like speculating about this all week and like I, I read a couple articles that like analyze things about this and like you know people have like I think that's like the mark of a good show where it's kind of like like we said like Big O where you're speculating on like yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a low level like not even a low level but like the Matrix or whatever like what does the symbolism in this mean and what does this mean or what does this mean I guess that's that's pretty apt but. You know what? You know what's funny though. This is this is like a meat and potatoes blue cupcake mystery. Like it 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 gives you the allure. Like there's going to be this deep, dark, mysterious thing. And yes, there's interesting stuff for us to debate and interpret and everything. But it's not so far gone. Like it's not it's not like watching like Serial Experiments Lane, where you're just like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Like you you get it. Like you you kind of know what's going on. Like like you have a basic <laughs> understanding of the meat and potatoes of what's going on. It's just, it's just, you know, where where are the meat and potatoes? Did I leave them in the fridge? Are they on the stove? Like, like, are they oh, Derek, in the microwave? Well, Derek, I when I was watching this, like, I I had a hankering to watch like two shows. I I was like, I want to go back and watch some more like live action Gridman, and then I was like. This makes me want to watch Serial Experiments Lane again. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Here, here's some things that'll, like, make you guys, like, think or whatever. Like, okay, so Akane created Yuta, basically, to be her, like, designated boyfriend in this world. And, like, the reason you can tell that is because her and Yuta are the only ones with crazy colored anime hair. Like, she has, like, the the silver hair and he has the red hair. Like, everyone else has relatively normally colored hair. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like, not only do they both sit next to each other in the back of the class, but, like, someone pointed this out, too. Akane has the typical anime protagonist seat in a classroom. Like, she's all the way in the corner next to the window so she can look outside and see things happening, which is what you'd see in a, like, as yeah. for, like, a, the main character in an anime. And, like, Yuta is sitting right next to her, but he's not next to the window. So, like, people, like, there, there was this one article that was speculating, like, Akane is the main character of this show. And, like, I think there's an argument to be made for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, and then maybe the, they should have had a, a rock poster in the live-action Akane's room when she wakes up. <laughs> yeah. And then the other the other thing, like let like like I said, like Utah's got the red hair and like, you know, leaving aside the cliff jumper reference too, um, 
if you consider this world to be like like Akane's like, you know, Eden or paradise, then Utah or Gridman is the devil, basically. And he's got the red horns and everything that, you know, that's spoiling her paradise. You know, I thought about that when I was watching this because I was trying to figure out like the mechanics of this world. Like, are they in Hyperworld? Is it some kind of offshoot? I was like, wait a minute. What if Gridman is the bad guy? Like, what if he shouldn't be killing these monsters? Like, that's a thought I had early on, but then I kind of dismissed that. Well then, then like, what's what what is Alexis like then? Like, cause cause that you you described him as like the grooming to catch a predator type guy, right? Like that that it, it's like I I don't know. Like that's it. It's like so he 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 wants like is this putting too much thought into it? Like like what what does he ultimately want here like he wants well he's her to make kaiju to kill these i think he's people well he, i think he says at the end that he feeds off like this is this, he's immortal he mm-hmm. says so and this is the only thing that gives him pleasure is to make people like suffer or whatever so, so, or he, so he her, feeds off her anguish or so whatever her, her anguish like that's schadenfreude to him like he lives off schadenfreude basically like that he's yeah he basically she's in this constant state of thoughty drama and like he, he eats all that like that's his his nourishment I, yeah I, I think he says something to that effect in the last episode so yeah i mean it's not the best motivation but like, like you know dude, that's, bro I think... alexis i got all kinds of girls for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh... you're gonna you're gonna be alexis's yeah, pin person <laughs> i got all like... kinds of girls for you. Uh... <laughs> Final thoughts on the grid man. I, I just wanted to mention, like, the thing that reminded me most about Big O in this show was when they went like so far up, they saw the top of the world, mm-hmm. and like I remember in Big O they did that too, and like yeah. in Big O it was like a bunch of like hanging lights and things you would see in a theater because it was supposed to be like a big like stage basically, but like in this it was kind of like a you know a digital like ceiling or whatever. But then, I mean, in general, like, I really liked this show, and I really liked it even more the second time, where I, like, I absorbed a lot of, like, the stuff and, like, could speculate on it, and, like, I formed theories about it, and, I mean, beyond all that, like, it's got a bunch of kick-ass action, a bunch of cool, like, you know, mecha fight scenes with kaiju, like, you know, like, likable characters, like, complex characters, like, it made me laugh, like, it was the full package, basically. Like I said, it's, it's anime cotton candy. It's got it's got action. It's got titillation. It's got <laughs> drama. It's got blood. It's got maybe a little too much titillation. Prob- probably, probably <laughs> enough enough to put you in jail. Titillation, right? Um, the uh, the and then I guess as another benefit or bonus to this, I mean it's it's only twelve episodes. Like it's not. I mean, there's there's a lot in those twelve episodes. It's like you know, it's like reading you know an old school comic where they crammed a lot into the comic, but you know into each episode, like because there's all these Easter eggs and 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 things for you to to sort of uh, break down and 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 pick apart and everything. Uh, but I mean, in terms of time investment, this is not like somebody's asking you to watch a fifty hundred. 200 plus episode anime this is 12 episodes and it's 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 consistently good so that's that's my final thought on it i was just gonna say it's like like i said it's uh when we first started it's a it's a happier clearer more satisfying version of evangelion i feel like where like at, at the end like i think akane you know like her her lesson is like i have to face reality like reality's not so bad like and i can do it and you know i'm going to you know like i i may be broken but i'm going to put myself back together whereas like the end of evangelion is like congratulations shinji you're a puss like they're trying to prevent contacts between shinji and unit 1 we're running out of time this is it shinji do you want to run away, or do you want to pilot the EVA? It's your call. In a few minutes, bitch. I really enjoyed this. I mean, I usually enjoy whatever Studio Trigger comes up with, and this is no exception. You know, I, I'm a fan of, you know, Gridman slash Superhuman, Samurai Squad, and uh, 
yeah, this is a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm glad Mike uh, clued us into all the uh, Transformers Easter eggs because I had fun hunting for those. But I guess this wraps up uh, this episode of Big in Japan. And Derek, if you would be so kind as to do your usual spiel. Do you have any comments, questions, and or concerns? We know the concerns are coming. You can email them at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of Big in Japan episodes, you can find them on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets that we receive. We can be streamed. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify and Google Play. And this is Justin signing off. Access Flash! This is Derek, Derek WC, Meatbag, signing off. This is Mike, access code. Let's get out of here. Access code Lolicon. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Jeez.
<laughs> can't go, couldn't get away from it when the show was originally airing. I mean, you can't get away from it now either. I mean, don't don't do an image search for the show. I mean, unless you want to be arrested, basically. Yeah, she she was uh yeah she was ahead of the curve, huh? It's funny. I watched today. I watched like a couple reviews of the series like on YouTube, and uh, it was like uh, this couple like reviewed it. And uh, the guy was kind of like, like, oh, I really enjoyed like some of the technical aspects of the series. Like, he was like, you know, the fight choreography, you know, like uh, he's like the fight choreography, like the animation, uh, Rika's thighs. Uh, and like, and he just kind of casually dropped it in. And then like the, his, his, his girlfriend was like, what, what was that last one? And he was oh. like the fight, the, the fight choreography. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much fucking ridiculous fucking uh lowly con char fan service in this yeah when it was when it was first coming out it was like absurd like every every friggin like you know uh image board or whatever had was like full of it what's full of what uh like lowly con char fan service from this show (laughs) yeah i i like that one uh sequence where uh is like laying in bed and she's all I don't know, thick and spilling out of whatever she's wearing. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, well, I feel I, like even now, like I just looked up a couple things for, you know, like you know, changing my avatar and this and that and the other thing, and it's like you, you can't go like every twelfth thing is a uh, you know, is some kind of, uh, you know, sexy whatever the fuck, right? Well, I knew this show was popular because you know whenever I would stay up to. 3 a.m. to like pre-order figure arts like I would notice there were all kinds of uh, you know suggestive and scantily clad uh, statues and figurines and I'm like okay <laughs> but anyway you guys ready but anyway yeah 